You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. And welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you're challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host India Jackson to get the dialogue going. Hello, ma'am. Hello. So... It is almost the end of the 25 year span that is 2020. <laughs> I'm laughing at you because you started with the so. <laughs> <laughs> so, and those of you that may not have seen me do this, when I type this out, it's a whole lot of O's and a whole lot of dots. So, right. Yup. Because I, so I always find that at the end of the year, people feel like, you know, they start being, you know, retrospective and I wish they would be a little more introspective. And I say that because I wish people would spend a little more time going inward, but Hey, it is what it is. They start paying attention to what's happened, you know, the past year, because it's almost time to make new year's resolutions, which I'm not a hundred percent on board with, but that's another conversation. Neither here nor there. There is a lot of talk about doing that. And this year, I think is even more valid because again, this has been like a 25 year stretch in one year. And it's been a lot. And I can say for me personally, I don't want to go into 2021 and feel like I just ignored 2020 and just kept moving. Like, I don't even think that that's a good thing to do. Right. You know, you said something that stood out to me, which is that like people will use the end of the year to make resolutions. And I don't know if I, I don't subscribe to that. Like, mm-hmm. and do what works for you. And <laughs> doubling back on the fact that I was a competitive bodybuilder, I know that that resolution to go to the gym and get fit just because it's December and January is around the corner, that shit don't work. I find more value in taking a look at the evolution you've already had. Um, and really honoring your growth and then asking yourself, um, 
and it's not even about asking yourself, but I think looking at your growth and how far you've come can inspire you to want to go further in a very different way than I need to go do this thing because it's December going into January. So you use the word honor. And I think that that is an important way to kind of frame it because as we've been talking about, you know, wins and like that kind of concept of breaking down things and, and seeing what the things are to be learned or just what the takeaways are. Like when we do this in the community, like it's definitely not about how good or bad or terrible or awful or any of those things. It's really just about acknowledging things as information or data and taking it and moving forward. And I think that sometimes using the word honor can kind of mean that you can take something that, you know, you might look at it and be like, Ooh, that was, that was terrible. But being able to honor the purpose that it served and how it was beneficial in you being able to receive some information or a message that you needed. And so I think the honoring of, you know, what your experience was in 2020 and how that's going to be a part of setting the tone going into 2021. I, I think that that's an important way to do that. Right. I mean, I think one of the things that I'm really grateful for that as a trait we both have is no matter what happens, <laughs> we always look for the lesson to be learned from it. We always look for like what positive can we take away from here? Um, mm -hmm. And so with that said, I thought it'd be interesting to to talk a little bit about some of our experiences from from 2020 and from that standpoint of honoring, you know, where you are now versus where you started. Um, yes, yes. And so I have a question for you kind of get us started here um I would love to hear from you who do you think you are now after everything that you've experienced this year and how do you think that it will propel you forward in 2021 oh that's a big question um <laughs> I think that who am I now uh, who am I now? Is I'm more of who I already was. Boom. Can you say that again? Say it again for the people in the back <laughs> of the cheap seats. Wait, hold on, pause. Say it again. Who I am now is more of who I already was. It's a hell of a thing to acknowledge. Yeah. And I think that many people can see that question and look for all the ways that there's somebody new. Um, but I think it's a, there's also an incredible benefit of saying I'm more of who I was. Like, um, there's a lot of growth there, a lot of reconciling with your own identity and the imperfect bits of yourself and the vulnerable pieces and the scary pieces and all of this stuff that we talk about <laughs> that is required to be mm -hmm. more of who you already were. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Right. Uh, how is that going to propel me forward in the 2021? Um, I think that there's less resistance and more clarity than I've ever had. Um, and I'm also going to be transparent because I think that's important. 
that <laughs> along the way to get here was a whole lot of resistance and not a lot of clarity and feeling like I was going through identity crisis. <laughs> well, I, so as somebody that knows you, you know, like personally and professionally, I actually kind of want to, you know, provide a slight alternative to that only because sometimes I think there's this place of like, okay, if I really do or say or show up as me, I don't know what's going to happen. And the reality is that this, I'm seeing more of the India that I've known feel comfortable to be that India in a whole lot of other places. I can agree with that 100%. Um, and I also want to, um, I thank you for sharing that because it's important that if you're listening to understand that even though this is about me, I completely agree with Erica. What everyone else is seeing that they might feel like is some huge transformation of who I am. No, that's the me Erica always got. But I think <laughs> that we all... Um, And I'm going to say, for me, I will attribute some of it to being a Black female. feel like there are pieces of ourselves that we can't show to the public because we might get canceled. We might not get hired. Are they going to say I'm an angry Black woman? I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But this is who I always was. And in the middle of giving yourself permission to be that in front of other people more fully, it can feel like an identity crisis. Yes. Yes. Because again, just going with like the whole, you know, imposter syndrome thing, it's like, who's the uh, imposter here? And having to figure that out, like that's a whole thing in itself. Right. All right. I'm going to ask you that question right back. (laughs) (laughs) So the, so the funny part is, is I am going to kind of echo some of those very similar sentiments of being, kind of being more of who I am because it this year with with the murder of George Floyd on film for eight minutes and 46 seconds and then all of a sudden a large amount of the collective whole of society nationwide just kind of all of a sudden woke up and it like for anyone that has you know is a fan of Spike Lee movies there's a movie school days or at the end you know, Lawrence Fishburne is yelling, wake up. And it felt like all of a sudden, everybody woke up. And all of these people kind of came flooding and that wanted to do anti-racism work, you know, DEI work, essentially just not willing to be quiet anymore. And I realized that what I had been doing, which was no different, you know, this year, like I was talking about the same stuff. I was saying pretty much all the same shit. And yet all, then all of a sudden, like I just had this much more magnified platform to say it. And it was a little bit scary to feel like, am I going to say it wrong? And then y'all are going to realize like, oh, she don't know what she's talking about. Or wait, you're doing all of this but who are you to do this and me having to really step fully into me being me 
and that being more than good enough and acknowledging that what I've been doing is the same shit I'm going to continue to do. Me and the way that I show up is going to be the same way that I'm going to continue to show up. And it is sometimes a a bit of a, a mind fuck to feel like, wow, y'all, y'all want to listen to me? Y'all want to hear me? I'm, I'm the one that you're seeking permission from. Not that I want to be the person that people are necessarily looking to, to give them permission because you are the permission giver. However, like, it almost feels like this, like, to whom much is given, much is expected kind of thing. And it's a little bit, it's a lot humbling to recognize the impact that I've had and will continue to have. And I look at that as a reason to be reminded of what's possible going into 2021 and beyond that because if there was ever a year that things could have absolutely gone left and yet I I I feel like in so many ways I am blessed and gifted to be able to thrive and to have a you know a, a platform and a, and a voice and I, like that's a that's a huge thing that's huge and I'm just like all right, cool. I got this. I'm taking on this mission. Who, who's coming along for the ride? Right. Hmm. You're making me think about a value that um, I don't remember if it made it to your to your website's list, um, but I know it's on ours, and it's that value of individuality. And really recognizing that when you show up as yourself and you let people see you and what you have to say and what you're experiencing, it gives them permission to do more of it on their own. Well, and so, okay, I used to have, like, it used to straight say individuality. And it's still something that matters, but it shows up a little bit different. It kind of shows up in pretty much everything else, but you know, I I do think that modeling it and showing what imperfection can look like and, you know, what humility can look like when you realize like, wow, I I have an opportunity here to really change things and to use that with intention. It's a, it's a very, it's an interesting place to be. But it does speak to what is possible because it's very easy for people to just be like, oh, well, I'm just one person. And I think the election was a great example of that because, I mean, I can't tell you a time growing up that I've ever heard anybody really echo a sentiment that, you know, their vote mattered as one person. It was always, oh, well, it's just me. It doesn't matter if I vote or not. And I use that because it's something that I feel like, you know, it can demonstrate it really simply. And to really see like what one person can do, like, yeah, it makes you understand that that individuality in that way is important, but it's also important to understand how it plays into the collective whole. Right. I think it, uh, thank you for saying that because some people can see the word individuality and think that it's very me focused and it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but we see that a little differently. Correct. (laughs) 
Correct. It's being more of you, but it's also like, what can this change for others? Exactly. Exactly. And so I think it's very um, interesting just to see how individuality and collective whole has honestly been kind of a thing all throughout the year, just how they intersect and how you need both. All right. You need both. So I know that, and this is where I feel like I need to remind people, diversity, equity, and inclusion is what I do. India is not a coach. And so I'm going to ask you this. Or a DEI consultant. (laughs) So I'm going to ask this question, not because it's what you do, but because like we talking. So I'm going to ask you a question, but I feel like I need to remind people of that sometimes because they just assume that by osmosis and you being near me, it's like, oh yeah, you do this. No. No, because she's a black woman, she does not. Right, visibility. <laughs> I'm integrating the things that you've done with Erica. <laughs> right, right, and so I think that you know we're talking about the values. So of course, just like anything else, the lens of what your values are and you know kind of how they show up is always how we answer things. But you know. Is there anything that you think has stood out to you this year being a leader or maybe that's shown up for you in your allyship, your imperfect allyship? Um, <laughs> actually, if you were to ask me where I feel like I've had the biggest growth this year, it has definitely been an allyship and leadership. Um, and I would say recognizing the power of using my voice in those areas um, in support of others. Like, and it's funny because like all of Flaunt Your Fire is about amplifying visibility and how can you build relationships where everybody wins? And <sighs> this year I actually got to live that to the fullest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think one of the biggest lessons You know, my instinct told me to say the biggest lesson that I've learned has been that diversity and inclusion isn't just for white people. But I knew that before this year. Um, I think it's been a reminder to remind other people that look like me that same thing. And to really create and speak from a place um, that can allow them to be more open about things that they didn't consider. Um, Things like podcast show notes, you know, and how can show notes be done in a way where it's designed for people who don't listen to the podcast? Who won't listen to the podcast? Because they can't. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, these are big things that I think that in a year like this year, we're easy to get lost when we think about the EI and I've doubled down on as much as possible as being a part of conversation. Allyship goes beyond accessibility and, you know, technically race and things like that as well. It goes into the other causes that matter to you if you want it to like being eco-friendly. And I think I've had more conversations this year than probably ever before about small things you can do or small things we do to be more eco-friendly, to be an eco-ally. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely um, agree with that. You know, I don't know if that would have been the same way if I hadn't done implicit to explicit and laid out my values and really had to take a hard look at, am I talking about these things, even if they're not on the brand's values list? Right. And so that's where I'm going to say that, you know, a, a little while back when I decided that I wanted to shift what my values looked like on the website for Erica Corday, I, you know... I didn't want to just add words to what I had or, you know, the words didn't feel wrong, but I, you know, did go back and do implicit to explicit again. And it helped because one of the best things was that I realized that, oh, okay, I'm still in alignment because I think that that was important. Like I didn't realize like, oh crap, this is all like, this is all now shit. It, no, it was all still the same like basic pieces but I noticed the shift in how I was saying it and how I felt about it and I think that the way that I initially decided what my values were for Erica Corday versus any of the times that I've done implicit to explicit for it like that was just a completely different way of doing it and it definitely dug way deeper and it got pieces that I don't I'm not gonna say I wouldn't have gotten I didn't get it the first time because it was just a different process and it didn't mean that they were wrong the first time it just means that each time if I'm evolving like yeah they should go deeper and it helped a hell of a lot it was good to know that I yeah I'm not some strange person (laughs) trying to figure this out and I am somebody I was lying about who I was but yeah, just seeing that evolution, like, that's a big piece of it, at least for me. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I was going to say that, like, I learned, and I'm going to attribute a lot of this to you this year, that being an ally looks different for different people. And I think that there can be this story um, that we give ourselves when we're creating content or when we're doing anything, even when we're starting a business that like, oh, well, that already exists or this other person's already doing that or saying that. So I don't need to do it because why would anybody buy it? It's already out there, right? Or why would anybody watch my video? There's another video just talking about the same thing. And <laughs> this year was definitely a reminder that the messenger matters because some people are more willing to listen to one person over another person. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um we can make that be a great thing when we recognize that and create the content anyway. You and I have had a lot of similar conversations. There's different people that listen to us. There's different people that work with us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where I do think it's important because very often it just becomes this, again, like you said, oh, well, somebody else is already saying or always oh, already been said. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't say it and you didn't say it in the way that you say it. And right. that's completely different than anything else that's already out there because your lens on things completely shifts it. And you could be that, you know, 10th time that somebody hears it and it finally clicks. So that makes me ask the question, you know, to you, (laughs) what did you learn about being a leader and an ally this year? That's a big question for you. (laughs) I feel like there's so many pieces, but I do think that 
I, I do think that there has definitely been some learning around what allyship looks like and means to people of color, especially black people, because so often it sounds like it's just something for white people, you know, good white women come be an imperfect ally and having to really have conversations with you know, people of color and around um, this topic in, in these open forums around the fact that like being an ally is about, again, those that don't have that easy access and being able to, to, to realize that that's a thing and shifting it. And I have seen so much this year around the intersectionality and the lack of allyship for people of color to feel comfortable talking about their needs and where intersectionality comes up and there's not any conversation around it. And, you know, it makes me think about some of the things that I experienced growing up and seeing how, you know, if you were black, you were just black, not, you know, black and queer, black and disabled, you know, black and and not young or, you know, insert thing here. Like you were just one thing. And, seeing how important it is to have to have that conversation beyond that. I've, I mean, that's just one of those things that it's really stuck with me. And I feel like it is so important to make sure that allyship, you know, imperfectly is something that's there for everybody to step into it. Mm. Just because, you know, there are people that are allies to people of color doesn't mean that we don't have our own work. In, you know, imperfect allyship work to be done. I can agree with that completely. I'll say for me, one of the things that really stood out this year that <laughs> I was definitely forced to step into was all of our values, um, which it's probably been a while since I mentioned here for Flaunt Your Fire, it's diversity, evolution, individuality, and connection. One of the main things that I saw that like we doubled down on without realizing it. The intention was the diversity piece, right? But in using our voice and saying what we needed to say about that, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking that anti-racist stand publicly, and it really doubled down on connection. And I didn't see that coming, um, which I know to the listeners here might sound strange, like, why wouldn't you see that coming? Clearly, if they're listening to this podcast, they care about diversity, equity, inclusion. But I feel it's important to be transparent that Flaunt Your Fire is a Black female-owned brand. However, we are not a feminine-branded company, in my opinion. We don't use pinks. We don't use pastels or all the other stereotypes that you see when you think about like female-owned businesses. And we have a large amount of male clients. And of that large amount of male clients, about half of them are white men. And so... It is very surprising at a year where it could have been easy for people to feel like some of the content being created around Black Lives Matter, some of the things that we were saying were coming for white men. And actually, like, I've seen more than ever that the clients we had attracted were very grateful for the conversations we were having. And we're like, you know, I wanted to talk about this, but I didn't know who I could talk about with it. And I want to help. Mm -hmm. and 
just that power of of connecting with people in that deeper way beyond just surface conversation has a lot of room to create change. And see, when you mentioned the values piece, that's where for me, um, you know, Erica Corday as a brand, that value of resiliency has been a huge piece just because this year, and this is not even just, you know, like, oh, quarantine and COVID. No, this is the whole fact that your life does not look the way that it did or the way that you, you know, had in mind for it this year. You know, having kids at home, you know, having some people that aren't able to work or not able to work the way that you used to. Having to shift the way that you do business, having to completely pivot these things, you know, and that is without even considering things like, you know, mental health. And things like that. And so for mm-hmm. me, that resiliency piece is really so important to acknowledge that, like, you know, you have to be resilient in life in order to be resilient when it comes to to business or any of these other pieces. Because it could have been easy to just be like, this is too hard. I can't do any of these things. And I saw resilience in a way that, I don't know, you know, that I've seen these types of layers of it before and so many of it. Cause like, if you were not resilient this year, man, it just swallowed you. You had to find it. Yeah, definitely on that. I'll say um, one of the big takeaways I'm having from this conversation is that (laughs) being a leader and an ally, um, you know, it's, it's a big thing to take on. And the risk that you take when you decide to to own those labels and those titles is definitely worth it for the rewards on the other side. I agree. And I think it's important to think about the term leader and the term, you know, imperfect ally as things that don't have to have one specific static definition. You know, what does it look like right now? What does it look for you look like for you in this moment? And and giving that permission to step into it as necessary right now. Right. I'll say for me, my compass more than anything was going back to our values because we do, we establish values in a way that's not like what I see other people do. Many other people think of brand values and it, this is a marketing exercise. This is a branding exercise. You're going to pick some things on a list that feel good and that's that. And I think it is so important um, to anchor those values and actions, wills and won'ts, and actually live them through and integrate them. And I could not be more grateful than ever before that this year, like for ourselves as individuals and for our brands and for our clients that we've supported people in laying those things out and really having that groundwork already there so that when the hard moments of saying no to opportunities or yes to opportunities, or do I say this thing that feels really uncomfortable came you had your sheet of values. What would your values tell you you need to do? Yep. You know? <laughs> exactly. You're not trying to figure it out on the fly and you're not guessing. You know why. Right. You know yeah. A clear picture of why. And on top of that, like, you can feel like you're living with an integrity of the future you want to have, the person you want to be, and the business you want to have. 
And I think before you can figure any of those things out, you have to you have to figure those values out because I think that they set the stage and really lay out that path of okay, where 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 do you want to go? What matters? How are you getting there? Right. So I think that you tell me if you agree with what we've talked about, that in order to be able to, you know, really kind of think about, you know, what is propelling me into 2021? You know, what do you want that to look like? That it is important to really get clear on these values and to work through those things. Personally, I couldn't think of a better way than to take the implicit to explicit masterclass, which is coming back around in January. Hadn't been here since September, but it is back. Right. I would definitely say implicit to explicit is going to be what I think myself for um, and feeling really clear about what I was doing and what I wasn't doing and why. Um, I think a really good place to start with that is, is asking yourself if you're in the shoes of listening right now, and you're not sure, you know, <laughs> go look at your brand values. Do you even have them? Yeah. And if you yeah. do, do you feel like you could take a look at what they are and instantly in the case of another civil rights movement, know what you participate in and what you don't? Or in the case of something happening in the news that you need to respond to or an opportunity that you need to say yes or no to, do you have a clear compass there? And I want to acknowledge that like we do go into like how does the personal inform the professional? And I think that's important too. So like you said, like if you're trying to figure out kind of like what is your company response to, you know, a social uprising type of incident. But I think it's also important to acknowledge like, okay, well, what does this look like with the conversation I'm going to have with, you know, my family members and my friends? Right. Like it, it it's not just business. And think it's important for people to to know that and approach that piece too right that's so important um because we've seen like families you know come together and other family members be like i can't with you because Mm -hmm. didn't know it before but you're definitely racist know it this year (laughs) it's like "Mm, so about that no no I also want to say, like, if if there was anything that I would add to that, it would be really asking yourself, um, when you look at that list, does it feel aligned with who you are now after all that you've experienced in 2021? Because who you are now may be a little bit different or might be a little bit more of who you were yesterday. And that can change what we say, too. I agree. I agree. And I think for most people, you're not going to be who you were when the year began. And honestly, with the trajectory of, you know, evolution, you shouldn't be. And that's not about good or bad. It's just the growth. So, you know, looking into that and exploring it is important. And I'm going to tell you, it's important to do it with another, (laughs) you know, set of eyes because doing it just by yourself is not the same. And when I've done, you know, gone back and done my check-ins on my own, Uh, I always come back. I'm like, "Uh, okay, India, so now it's time for you to help me with this. And we we sit and we workshop this out in the same way we do with our clients because it's not meant to be done alone. Agreed. Like (laughs) if I had a dollar for every time we had a client in this workshop say, well, 
I've got nothing. I don't mm-hmm. see how I'm living out my values in life at all. I got a lot of work to do. And I'm like, okay, thank you for acknowledging you got work to do. And and I go pull up their Instagram. I'm like, well, I see this and this and this. And they're like, oh, I never thought about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. And can't see is, the trash when it's on your own roof, friends. No. And this is why it's important to be able to have, you know, someone else to be able to keep that space for being objective open so that you don't just shut yourself down like, oh, nope, I don't have it. Can't do it. Not doing it right. Nope. Can't do it. Because it's not usually not even the truth. And so being able to do this, you know, in a small group, but having Indy and I to lead you through it. And knowing that, like, we're not going to just drop you off and be like, all right, figure it out. Bye. Like, (laughs) there's a lot of value in that. Right. (laughs) So if you are interested in participating, it is coming up. It's a three-hour workshop. It's coming up on January 7th and January 21st. It's from noon to 3 p.m. It's Eastern Time. And again, these are small groups. So we only do six people in the room at a time. We don't do recordings because we want you to feel completely comfortable to be vulnerable. And so anyone that is not in the room cannot come back and look at you working through your values when they were not there to do the same. Right, right. I have so much fun with the implicit explicit. I feel like the feedback we get from that every time (laughs) is just Mm -hmm. like life changing. And that's the thing, like it always is just, it's so interesting to see what happens when people are like, okay, you're really not here to judge me. Like you're just doing the thing like, okay, cool. All right, good. And it's amazing. It really is. Right. So if you're looking to evaluate the intersection of your personal and professional values and ethics and identify the values and ethics that you want to bring into your business. And maybe even get some ideas on some starting places of what to do with that. Implicit, explicit is for you. It will really highlight what these things are and how you can begin to live them in an explicit way so that you're not just implying what they are and attracting the wrong people to you. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to learn more about it, go on over to pauseonaplay.com forward slash events. Uh, You can see some of the information and you can go ahead and pick which date is going to be best for you and sign up today. Yanni, last things you want to go ahead and leave everybody with in this here last episode of 2020. Oh, take care of yourself. I hope that by the time you're listening to this, you've scheduled some time off. If you have not, I'm going to remind you as you go into a new year One of the first things after this podcast that I'd like to see you do is block your days off. Resilience requires rest. It does. I agree with that 100%. So I am going to, I'm going to say be safe and well. This year has been so much, so many things, all the things, none of the things. And yet, honestly, just being reminded to be well in all ways that you can be mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, do everything that you can to be as whole as you can in this moment. That's all I can ask for of anyone. So as we sign off from this here 2020, 
going into 2021, where we will see you on the flip side. Just want to remind everyone that we are grateful for you. We appreciate you. We love the fact that you come and listen and you join us and you are co-creating the bridge for others to be able to walk over so we can all be the change that we want to see. And for that, I appreciate you. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?